Hi, I'm Pastor Roger Brown. God has gifted me the pleasure to pastor a dynamic, spirit-filled church called Life Changers Church International right here in Pittsburgh, Kansas. I believe God will use this sermon to impact your life and bring His greatness out of you. Man, I hope you get something out of this that will change your life. God bless you. Your time is very important, so I'm going to get right to the message. Have a wonderful day. It's a little harder to stop that, but, you know, sometimes we think God's done with us, and He's not. And just like that says on there, I don't want to move until you move, God. And I don't want to speak until he speaks. If we think like that, then he will come and he'll move us and he'll fill us up to overflow. And that's what I pray that you ladies got this weekend was overflow. Amen. You may be seated if you can. Thank you, Chad. <laughs> I was trying to, I've not done that before. <laughs> not saying and then just trying to walk up here is a little bit harder. Um, I first want to thank all you ladies who came and you ministered. Uh, you ministered so much, and you don't even know. I was sitting there thinking, Lord, every one of them got on my message. But it just kind of, you know, it just got us to where we were going. Um, but, man, it was so powerful. Last night was powerful. Yesterday, I mean, it, it just... Word, 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 just going in. And um, that's, yes, lots of. And if you can just take back, ladies, take back something. You have those journals. I hope you put something in there. Even if it's a scripture and it'll be a remembrance when you think back to the this weekend of something that you got. So you don't, you know, the enemy's going to be around the corner and he's going to try to say, you didn't get that. I mean, he just is. Don't kid yourself. But you got you got some weapons. We fought with the word of God and the spirit of God. So that's what you can fight him with. And I hope that if you didn't get a scripture, I want you to ask one of the ladies here that maybe you can at least take with you, put it in there so that you can take them. Or we'll put a back, we'll put them on our Facebook thing too and you can get them, okay? Cuz I know some of you didn't get to make it. But, uh, ladies, I appreciate all of you guys for coming, too. You've came and you've um, you've just been a willing vessel to just absorb everything. And that makes a difference. Like Cammie said last night, you, we were ready. We were ready. And you, but you guys, that's you guys. You were ready. You wanted something. And so, you know, I was... <laughs> Last night I was thinking, Cammie is going to preach my message. God, what am I going to do? <laughs> but she, she was saying, you know, some there. And I was like, uh, because this is what I heard Sister Linda had asked me when we were trying to uh, come up with a theme. She said, okay, so I, t- I sent her a, a title and I said, uh, Restore the Roars. What I, you know, I, I was thinking, she goes, okay, you got scriptures that? And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Okay, so I'm like, okay, because I was like, well, okay, what does that mean? Because I really didn't, I mean, I, I really didn't know at the time. I didn't know what he was meaning by that. But what God gave me was he told me to say, tell my lions to roar. Amen. 
because we have lost it because of what fear our society the things that we've had to go through even this past year it's been a nutcase of a of a year or just exhaustion by being a mom a parent uh just being you that's what we have done we've lost aurora and um you know she said what is aurora <laughs> last night well i had proclaimed loudly a show of strength or character but um my my question is what do we why do we even need to restore the roar that was where i was so i was like well i don't know god why do we because I, I don't even know what that means so i started researching the roar you know like she was telling us and um one thing that she didn't say was um that i hope that i was that i researched you know <laughs> was you know lions their their roar is the most powerful roar and she talked about the sound and the reason why they can you know is because something in their their uh, vocal box there is bigger it's got more uh, fatty tissue there so ours makes a triangle theirs makes a square so when they roar so god did that for a reason for them to be louder do you know and so I was like, hmm, well, that, that's good. But and, and they can be heard up to five miles away. It said you definitely don't want to be <laughs> within a mile of a, a lion's roar. I wouldn't want to be, no. I, and so, and then um, it said that their roar is to... You know, she said it it protects. It's it's also to say, okay, this is my territory. She ran over that. She went over that. You know, it's a warning. But you know what? This is what it said too. They're listening. The other lions listen to the other roar. And if they think it's weak in any way. Those little ones, the little cubs, are willing to challenge. They're willing to challenge that. So if the enemy, like, did, did she read that scripture? It was 1 Peter 5, 8. You did, didn't you? Yes, because we all know that, right? So that's the enemy. He's seeking whom he may devour. So he's a lion on the prowl. That's what the Bible tells us. So if he is doing that, and then uh, we're just oh, barely, barely roaring or not even roaring. We ain't scaring him off. And he is, he, like, the, like the other lions, they're, they're trying to, uh, what, do you, what do you call that? Challenge. That's it. Challenge that. Said if they hear any weakness, even the baby cubs, so they listen. And they can discern or not discern, but detect up to 20 different ones at one time so they can hear that. What have we let keep us from being, I mean, why are we quiet? Why aren't we roaring our voice too? You know, the enemy, he has invaded our territory. We haven't taught him to back off. 
just haven't. That was, and, and one other thing was is they do it in the morning and the evening. Mainly. They roar in the morning and the evening. Well, in the Bible, it tells us to give our praise in the morning and the evenings. And so if we were giving our praise in the morning and the evenings, don't you think it'd be a lot harder for that devil, <laughs> that, that lion, that roaring devil, to take away our territory? I do. I do. This really isn't what I'm preaching, but... Oh, this was what I wanted to make. This is the point I wanted to make. Because I didn't know... Because we are females, right? And, of course, when you're looking up a line, it's the pride. He's the male. So I looked what the female's job was in the pride. Do you know what that is? Yes, she's to bring the food. She is to bring the food. So she's the hunt. To me, this is what I got. Her place is on the hunt. And to work for, so she goes and gets the prey. But you know what she does when she brings that prey back to the pride, back to her family? She makes sure that male eats first. <laughs> I didn't see him back there. So that tells me, for one, we are, we're, we are, um, we got some pretty strong, uh, strong things that we can do there for our families. I mean, if we just think about that, because I'd never, I did never know that. I mean, I kind of heard that they, they hunt him, but, but when I took it and put it into the perspective of what do I, what do I do for me? You know, how does that affect me? But it's because women, we are two, we're protectors. We're natural protectors when it comes over our family. We just do. There's something in us that rises up. But we provide. But we, then we want to. We need to make sure the man, the husband, because he is really, he is the head of our house. Imagine that. What? What I got to was why do we need to have the, our roar restored was we're walking, I think, into this faith walk, our, our salvation walk, and we think once we get saved, that's it. That there's nothing else to do. I mean, and so that's where we are. So I was reading this... Um, this research that I come across, and it had, it was a, um, like a, a study they had done over a six-year period, and they had, um, test, I guess, did like a, I don't know, surveyor, whatever you call it, over a hundred million American adults who describe themselves as Christians, and here's what got me, because I was just like, huh, I don't ever read these, they're boring, I don't like them, but I read this for some reason. And this was it because it really stuck, struck me as, huh. More than 100 million Americans describe themselves as Christians, but they profess that the, their commitment to God needs clarity. They don't, they don't feel fulfilled in life. They admit they lack direction. 
they feel disappointed in the way that their life has turned out. These are not, these were not just people that weren't believers. These were Christian people set in church. These are you guys. This is who they did over six years period. And I was like, well, why? Why over six years you would think that'd change? But it just probably got worse. I don't know. But it said that that many of them question whether their life makes a difference. <laughs> yeah. And that's what got me on this. What does, you know, on this journey. We're on a spiritual journey. And so I come up with these, this is what happens in our life. And I've called them stops. Okay, but a journey, this was another thing. What is, what is the reason of a journey? Restore. Transform. That's what, that is what the nature of a journey is. And so that's why I thought, okay, I'm going right here. This is the way I'm going. And so restore also means re, means again. Store means put back into a line. Making something new again. When we restore, I restore furniture. I have steps to do. I can't just go and slap some paint on that without sanding that off and doing different things. I can't do that. Same thing. The, our, our spiritual journey has this, these steps, and I will get to those in just a second because it really changed the way I thought about a few things in my own life that I've been battling and going through just, you know, recently even. But God's promise in the Scripture says when he restores something, he restores it better. Not He doesn't bring it back to the original state. He brings it better. He brings it into abundance. Restoration, that's what it, it means, healing and repairing as well. So what I have come up with is these 10 stops, if you will, is what I called them, <laughs> uh, on our spiritual journey. So spiritual journey means, I said spiritual journey because, you know, God intends for all of us to be saved, all of us to be with him. That's his intention. So in life, when we're our first stop, we're just ignorant of our sin. You know, we're just going through life. We don't understand why things are going the way they are, but we're just, we're ignorant to our sin. The second stop was we become aware of our sin. We start thinking, hmm, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Hmm, maybe it's not the best thing for me to do. Sometimes you might just think it's your conscience, but no. I really think it's this. We become aware of our sin. Number three, we get concerned about our sin. Starts to bother us. Starts to sink in on what we're doing. Number four, then we decide we want to do something about it. We're going to confess and forgive and ask forgiveness of our sin. Now here, number five, how many knows when you get saved, you get that fire and you get that zeal and you just want to do everything in church? 
I ain't missing a service. Hey, when are we going to have a revival? Seriously. You know how many new converts do that? Say, hey, when y'all going to be in revival? You know, they're just answering for it because they want something because right then they're kind of on a feeling. You can go ahead and go to my next slide. I'm going to go ahead and say them, and I'm going to go back to these in just a second. Six, experience a period of spiritual discontent, spiritual crisis. Nobody thought about this, did you? Didn't think I'd say this after you just got through doing everything good for God. Number seven, experience personal brokenness. I'm going to come back to this one. Number eight, choosing to surrender and submit fully to God. Number nine, enjoying a profound intimacy with God. And number ten, experiencing a profound compassion and love for humanity. Did you know that very little Christians have even made it past number five. Go back. This is where we stop. And you know what that is? You know what that... Those ten steps were... It's a... <laughs> I'll put these in this binder so they would... A commitment to serve. So we're all in into church and everything. But see what happens is right before number six, which is a spiritual crisis, we go back and we do this. We go in a circle yes. instead of going straight. Yes. So we never get past. Do you know some Christians? Christians. Stay right here for decades. Don't get past there. I'm going to talk about spiritual discontent for just a second. Because did you know what discontent is? I don't really want to say it real loud. It's a manifestation of pride. It's I deserve better than what gay what God's give me. A discontented person will also say, "The Lord gave me this, but He, he should have gave me more." <laughs> He's taken away, and He should have done. That's rebellion. Often the most blessed people are the most discontent. Why is that? They can't even see it. They really can't. You know, um, like Mary, I was talking maybe to Brittany about being, uh, the story to me stuck out, uh, being discontent kind of in a different way, kind of spoke to me because it was kind of like me because 
Mary and Martha, I'm kind of like Martha, you know. Yeah, that's it. You got enough help, and you're always doing everything, and I am all about details. She welcomed Jesus into her home. When I welcome somebody into my home, I want to make sure beds, I mean, sheets are clean, the rugs are clean. We got to have this house spick and span. Even though I just laid up all week because I'm so tired, (laughs) I'm being truthful. But she welcomed Jesus into her home, so that made me think when she said welcome. And when it said welcome, she uh, prepared that house and she was getting it all in order. But what did Mary do? What did Mary do? She sat at the feet of Jesus and listened while he taught. Martha missed it because she was worried about all the details. And even in, oh, that's me. I know. That's why this really, it was a a place where, you know, she's thinking about everything else. She's got a discontent. You're in discontent sometimes and don't even realize it because you're missing an opportunity to, to grow spiritually because you're all obsessed about everything else going on. It has become, what'd you say? (laughs) Well, you can't, well, I'm not going to say that. But, you know, you become something that you don't even recognize, like some of you were saying yesterday, teaching us, Sister Linda, teaching us, you can be a weed or you can be a flower. Flower or weed, what was that? My mind is a, a garden. My thoughts are seeds. You can be flower or you can be a weed. So not that, you know, Mary was a bad person because she wasn't. Even, you know, she gets it. You know, she does get it at the end. She runs to Jesus. But the Lord answered Martha because, you know, she said, Lord, you're just going to let her sit here. This is my phrasing. You're just going to let her sit here and do nothing. I'm doing everything. That's why, we're dis- that's why I say it's discontent because I'm like, you're letting that bother you. And sometimes we do that. We do that even when we're saying we're doing good for God. This is what we're doing, God. You see me doing this. Why aren't they helping me? That's where I got that, but anyways, that was discontent. But in, the, in our generation here, though, we're not, we're not worried about these things. That's what got me with that was because if you notice, and, I don't, and I'm not saying this bad because, um, you know, these are good things, but um, we're wanting to always have classes or something that will help you to be happier you or um let's see um your hurt feelings let's let's help you get over those hurt feelings or you know about your feelings this is what our generation tries to do we uh cater to that we just do Uh, we don't want to hear about this is what you're doing wrong or this is what you need to do We don't want to hear that. 
That's why we uh, stopped there on number five, and number six was our discontent crisis. Now, believe me, you can be in a, a crisis, a spiritual crisis, and that's right before I'm going to the set, uh, next one, which was brokenness. And so this is where I had it all wrong. Because, you know, how many here think and have been told, you're just broken, you're just a broken mess, and you think that you are a broken mess? Me, I have, and these ladies, them talking about different things, have, have been you know, something that I was even trying to figure out myself. I'm a figure-outer. What's causing me to do this, Lord? You help me. They both talked about triggers. They both talked about different things like that. I have been searching. I have been trying to figure out what was going on with me because, you know, I'm at that life at that age, you know. You know, women over 45, maybe over 40. You just don't understand sometimes what's going on with you. And, and so then you try to research it. You said it. And you, you said, I'm going to figure this out. That was me. I'm like, I'm going to figure this out. Something is not right. And then you start seeking people to help you that probably shouldn't be helping you. Do you know? So this is what God helped me with because I thought, I was just a broken mess anyway, because you start thinking, okay, yeah, this, and then it starts bringing all these triggers you have, and you start thinking about all this stuff, and you start thinking, well, I'm just depressed. No, I'm not depressed. I don't want to accept that. And because and your emotions are flying <laughs> everywhere. You know, so you're just, you just want to figure it out. I did. I wanted to figure out, well, I, I know I'm not losing my mind, God, but I, got, I know something is wrong. What is it? He can help us with anything, anything. Every, I can tell you, every person in this room has went through heartache at one time or another. Brokenness. Brokenness of what they think is brokenness. But did you know something? This is what God showed me. Brokenness, this is what... I wrote it down because it was good. <laughs> he said, he go, because I was like, well, I'm just doing this wrong. Ain't I, God? No. I wasn't just doing it wrong. Brokenness isn't a feeling. Come on. It's a will. Come on. That's it. It's a place, a state, a will where we got to be. And see, I just lost my notes, but I don't care. Because I was already thinking I'm broken, so I'm going to try to get over this. Different things. We do, but we think, well, maybe it is this. You know, and you try to think, okay, I got to get scriptures on this, vine them out. Oh, that's not what he said to do. Because here's what God said. Number seven, 
That's where we are, but that's the most challenging. Because it's not brokenness is what we think it is. It is brokenness to God. Our will to him. It's a choice. Yes, I said that. The true condition of our heart and life is an ongoing walk with God. It is obedience and the conviction of the word and spirit of God. Matthew 5 and 3, Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Poor in spirit means broken spirit. God draws near to the broken ones. New life is released through the brokenness. Brokenness brings an abundance of love and worship and brings fruitful fruit. Fruit. The fruit of brokenness is in revival. You know, if we don't break our, if we don't get to this point here, we'll never see revival. We will not see revival. Because then we cannot fully trust, submit to God. Cammie told us last night it was a heart thing. What does this say? The last things that we get to get a fulfillment of walking in the spirit with God, we have to love him with all our heart. (laughs) Mind, soul, strength. But then that's the only way you can do number 10. (laughs) Only way. I can tell you, you can't love your neighbor like you love God until you love God. And then you can. And so, you know, these, you you have issues going on. If you're broken, if you completely break your will, give it over to God and submit it, you won't have any issues. You won't. He says that. Now, I didn't say it'd be easy. I did not say it'd be easy at all. But he gives us, I thought, my gosh, this is why I like this, because I have steps. I can see them on my paper. This, I wasn't, I'm not just, don't let nobody tell you you're broken. You're not. You just stopped on your spiritual walk. Just keep going. Look, you got more steps to go. Don't just keep going in the circle. Don't stop there. The Bible does tell us you know we got to walk out with god but i just lost my scripture (laughs) with fear and trembling if we learn and acknowledge and tell god of our spiritual need is essential for life to grow you know if we learn we'll grow he tells us there's um what scripture did i have uh in the message bible that you could put up there one in first peter Yes, put that up, please. Because all my papers got <laughs> all turned over. It says, now that you've cleaned up your lives by following the truth, love one another as if, you've, if your lives depended on it. It does depend on it. It does depend on it. Your new life is not like your old life. Your old birth came from your mortal sperm. Your new birth comes from God's living word. Just think, a life conceived by God himself. This is the message Bible. You can read it the other, but I like this message part. 
That's why the prophet said the old life is <laughs> grass life. It's beauty as a short-lived as wildflowers. Grass dries up, flowers drop. God's word goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on, and on for forever. This is the word. This is the word that conceived the new life in you. It's First Peter 1 and 22 through 25. The word of God is what changes you. That's the only way we grow. But this so helped me because I don't care what you're going through. Don't receive brokenness. Because we're not. We might... We might, I mean, I've said it many times. I was just, oh, we're all messed up. No. We just need to keep walking, a straight walk. Don't just keep going in circles. But you can only do it by the word of God. So you got to keep this. That's why I say you have to keep this to be able to get this roar. Cammie told you last night, Sister Linda, she started, then Sister Sandy started. I mean, you know, they've gave you so much to go home with on what to do. What happened, she preached on strongholds. She gave you lots of scripture about that. Because strongholds are what will keep us from keep on going down there. And like I said, we don't want to keep going in a circle. We want to just keep going straight. But the word of God is what will do it. That's why, that's why I said, if you don't have any scriptures that you got here this weekend, get with somebody that can give them to you so that you can read them back again. Peter says our love should be sincere, though. How can we be sincere if we don't really mean it? We're just reading it. I can't tell you how many times I've just read just be reading and don't even know what I read. Didn't even touch a bit of my heart. Because I couldn't tell you what I read, so how could it? I'm just being honest. Sometimes the better I got was driving to work, turning on and letting them talk. I mean, not letting them talk, but you know, the Bible app will read to you. I will get more out of that. I don't care how you got to do it. Just do it. Get that word in you so that you can Live by those scriptures and grow. Because if we don't grow, we're just going to stay there. Or we're going to repeat back to step, stop one again. And that was ignorant of our sin. We don't want to do that. That's starting over. And in a seed is great power, you know, because that's what... It's okay. <laughs> that's what he was saying, you know. He said, on that message Bible said sperm, but that meant seed. God's was eternal. That was it. What he said, his never ending. It's not. Um, to be able to love as Christians is not going to come through man's flesh. Man's flesh and glory is fady. It doesn't. The glory of man is like a cherry blossom. 
here today, gone tomorrow, but the glory and the power of God is eternal. This is how we have been saved, and this is how we will love. This is the true power. So when you go back home, this weekend, you, you might just be on cloud nine still. Even though you're tired, you still got to go home and you're going to have to keep it, you know? But don't just go back home and, like most Christians, number five is where you're staying, decide and think, okay, well, I'm doing this for the church. I'm doing this, and that's where I'm at. Uh-uh. No. We can't just keep doing those faith activities. That's what that is. That is what that is. Even though number six, you know, is dealing with the things, you've got, you've got your weapons to use to fight those things that brought that spiritual crisis in. Keep on going. Then God will bring that brokenness for him. You have a brokenness with, for, to be in God's will, and you're submitted to him. And when you do that, look what happens. That'll be, to me, that's the hardest step. Because if you can do that, then everything else will line back up. So, I just want to um, pray for you ladies. If you want to, if anybody needs prayer here, you can come up. But I would like to pray for you all. Not, I mean, everybody, you know, we can just, I would like Cammie and Sister Linda and all the pastors, Sister Becky, and um, yeah, Chad, if you want to come and play. And uh, we can um, just have a short season, uh, you know, pray for your ladies just as a core. I mean, you know, we can, if you need prayer and you need us to lay our hands on you, we will. But I would like for you guys to receive, stand up and receive. We're going to pray that when you get home, you keep what you got. That's what I felt. Because so many times, I mean, we've done youth camp for so many years, and I would be heartbroken to send them back home. I would, because I didn't know how they would make it. I just didn't. But you know what? The seed is sowed. It always was. And Roger gets a lot of messages even now that's saying, hey, I remember when I came to youth camp. I'll never forget it. So it's a seed that's planted. But I couldn't help but feel that. And so I felt that way when I was praying. So I just want to make sure that we pray that when you do go back home that you keep it. Okay? So if you guys want to come up and we, we will, and if you do need prayer, you feel more, you can come up to it.